Flying Casual is brought to you by Patreon supporters Jory Webb, Nate Edison, Wes Anderson, David Bush, Brent, Kelly Breckner, Andy Dugan, Rob Patsky, Scotty Hawk, and Aaron Knotts. May the Force be with you. You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Wouldn't you know it? Right when we go live, Luke's picture readjusts. But now we're back. Luke's back. He was a tiny little Luke. Now he's a giant Luke. What must, happened? Must be the beer. <laughs> he sprouted. He there was, he is. He was like a little baby Groot. He took a sip of his brew and then he sprouted into a beautiful <laughs> tree. Elegant man. <laughs> he might be a tree. And guess what else? You're a tree too? What? No. Oh. We're on time. We're on time, son. We ain't late anymore. Maybe we should tell everyone that, you know, there's no 15-minute rule anymore. Guess what? 9.30 means 9.32. It no longer means 9.47. I think that's fair. Uh, Fam, I hope you're not sick of us because I think this is the third or fourth time that you've heard from us this week. So don't, I mean, if you're enjoying it, hey, we're going to keep going while we still have Star Wars to talk about. So uh, stick with us this next hour or so to talk about Chapter 15, The Believer of the Mandalorian. I've got Holly here at the desk with me. Uh, and I've also got Luke celebrating our local boys, the Columbus Crew SC. Uh, Luke, we're going to the finals. I mean, how do you feel about that? Uh, not so good after the other night. We had our two of our better players are out of the game with positive COVID. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> Thanks, COVID. Taking everything from us. So, uh, cautiously, uh, open for a miracle. I just, 2020, I mean, highs and lows, and it looks like we might be then losing this, uh, this cup. Hey, that's okay. Nice job, boys. Really think, nice job. Nice I job. think today has been yeah. like a roller coaster of a day. Yeah, it has. I mean, it started out on a high and yeah. the woman at Dunkin' Donuts remembered her order, which was embarrassing, but fine. <laughs> No, she cut me off. Like, I was halfway through the order, and she finished it for me. That's when you know you're going to Dunkin' too much. That's embarrassing. But I was a little flattered, from being honest. She's, she recognizes this broadcast voice. You know what? Oh, is that the guy from Flying Casual? We're regulars, yeah. and yeah. so they treat us well. That's right. Amen. Um, I mean, I haven't got anything free yet. Well, not, well, well that's not yeah, true. We get rewards. We do. Because we buy so much. But so then, we've earned it. Yeah. But then after that, it was like... We had the meats. NPR was like Mariah Carey Christmas. Yeah, you learned a lot about that song. I learned a lot. I've never heard somebody break down music like that. Yeah. But then NPR right after that did John Legend or John Legend. Oh my God. I mean, um, how's it go? How's the the big song go, Holly? (laughs) No. I'll be your man or you'll be my whatever. Something like that. I don't know. No. I meant Lennon. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. 40 years ago this week, guys. R.I.P. Uh, Holly apparently wants to talk about pop no, culture. No, I was going to say, I, mean, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, but then right after that, then we get the episode of The Mandalorian because that's the order that we did things today. Holly's been on a roller coaster. I think she She's cried in, in the car listening to uh, NPR talk about uh, the passing of John Legend. John Lennon. Now you got me doing it too. John Lennon. I mean, John Legend's still with us. Thank God. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Can't lose too many Johns. 
We can't. Uh, guys, um, not a lot of talk about this episode from the group. I'm not seeing a lot of talk online about it, and I'm a little upset by that. Everyone's running off that high from yesterday. I guess. I mean, yeah, maybe people are sick of talking about Star Wars, but uh, Holly, you watched the episode, and now you're drinking a nice bottle of red. Now I know it's, it's aged a few years in your trunk. Uh, we found that out the other day. It's from 2013. So it had a nice couple years on it added in, you but know. how long was it in the trunk? Oh, um, a couple of years. It wasn't in my trunk. It um, was. Yeah. I'm not going to tell everyone where it was. It was in the floorboard. It's, don't be embarrassed. We all have things under, you know, our floorboards that we really, you know, we we don't recall. Maybe some I, French fries. I was At least clean. you had a nice bottle of wine. Listen. Like a $30 bottle. It wasn't like some Listen. flip-flop. <laughs> flip-flop. I was, yeah, we got ID'd at UDF buying yeah. flip-flop wine. I was like, bro, this is a $4 bottle of wine. If I was yeah. going to, like, use a fake ID. But anyway, it's fine. He was doing his job. Yeah, he's like, bitches but, don't drink Moscato. Shoot. Okay. Okay, no, this yeah. wine, I got it out of my car last year. I found it when I was cleaning my car out after mm-hmm. I moved, and it was underneath the passenger seat. Yeah. But hey, I Googled it, and people are like, listen. That shit happens all the time. No. It doesn't. That's no, people don't leave alcohol in their car. Except for me, apparently. Yeah. I don't know how I forgot about that one. But anyway. Uh, underneath a car seat is very similar to the conditions in a wine cellar. Right? Yeah. I Googled it, Luke. 104 degree heat, you know, sometimes freeze. You know, I think the variation of temperature <laughs> probably did it some, you know, some allowed it to ferment a little more than maybe usual, Holly. So uh, you're going to be nice and limbered up for this discussion then, which is fantastic. That's actually, guys, I, I, I proposed something to Holly the other day. She, uh, We went on a run, and I said, hey, Holly, it's been a while, you know, since I – we're going to get to the Mandalorian, guys, I promise. But right now it's a little bit of story time. Give me a break. Mike hasn't talked to anyone today. He needs to talk some more. Um, we're going for a run, you know, trying to get this, you know, body in shape, you know, remove the tire from my stomach. Uh, and I'm like, Holly, it's been a while since I read Lost Stars. Why don't you go ahead and give me, you know, a summary of it? And we're running. And Holly doesn't, like, break a sweat when we run. She just, it's like she's sitting down telling a story. She's not hyperventilating like I am. I'm working on my VO2 intake. I'm just, like, agreeing with you, and I'm dying while running. And so Holly's telling me, you know, summarizing the book, and I'm like, yeah, I remember this stuff, okay. But the way she's describing I'm like, Holly, this sounds a lot like drunk history. (laughs) First of all, are you drinking before runs that's impressive a little concerning though if you need that to get you know motivated to go for a run i mean more power to you but i'm like this could be a great little a little segment for patreon so i'm 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 figuring out guys how we can do a little holly's drunk star wars history um i think you know maybe we need to go for the car wines from now on let them let's start now put them in the car let them sit there for a couple months a couple years and then we'll have a nice stock for Listen, episodes yeah this is a nice um joel got backseat mm. cabernet it's yeah and she added cabernet. the back seat there that's not joel's wine that's not the name it's a little holly uh rendition of that so you should actually write him and say you know what i think this is missing ah, two to three years in the floorboard of a toyota corolla <laughs> uh so we'll, we'll write joel and see what he has to say maybe you will get free wine maybe but yeah. i think um I don't know. The group seemed pretty yeah. receptive to that as a Patreon. Yeah. Excited. Exclusive. So it's going to take a lot of work. But I could do, it's two of my favorite things. It's 
drinking a bottle of wine Amen. and talking. Yeah, no, it's Star Wars not in there. Like, it's just talking <laughs> and drinking whatever she's doing, she's down. Uh, that sounded terrible. Phrasing. Uh, it's like whatever last you're talking time about. Yeah. when Michael was like, yeah. yeah, Holly's on the internet. I didn't take that in a perverted manner. Holly thought I was saying that she had, like, you know, porn vids out there. Like, no, that was not. Yeah, I. I was talking about you just accessing the internet to get information, not to, you know, post personal videos. Anyway. But if that's what you're into, guys, hey, whatever. I, I know that's a judgment-free zone. Don't judge me for my Boba Fett tattoo, and I won't judge you for your vids. Your um, Amanda Tramp stamp. But uh, yeah, I, I I was trying to not you know refer to it as such. But Holly dropped the ball there. Hey, sh- hey, take control of that <laughs> statement, Holly. Let's take it back. We're taking back Tramp Stamp. Okay. Um, but folks, we, we we watched the Mandalorian. We are talking about the Mandalorian. This is a Mandalorian live stream. Holly, you watched the episode. Yeah. Looking past my screaming in some parts of it and excitement. Oh yeah. What was your reaction? I liked it. It was really fast paced. Yeah. Um, you like fast pace. I do, yeah. And I think Crazy. I <laughs> I called some of the things that were going to happen before they happened. You did. Like, I called them at the very beginning of the episode. And then Hardcore. they happened later in the yeah. episode. I was like... Impressive. It's almost as it. if you and Rick Famuyiwa, nailed it, <laughs> got together and, and wrote this episode. I liked the pace that this episode um, had in it. I like the action pack because I feel like... <laughs> Not all of them are this kind of action. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like they're getting a little bit faster and getting a little bit more intense, which yeah. I like. And then just like, I don't want to jump ahead to the end. Yeah. But at the end, when he like comes through a Sahalo to mm. Moff Gideon awesome. and says to him what he said to Mando at the beginning, I was like. So sick. I was so pumped with that when that happened. I mean, I was pumped the whole the whole episode. Um, and I want to hear from the, 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 the fam in the chat. Why aren't you guys talking about this episode as much? I, I, I'm trying not to be offended by this because I happen to uh, uh, enjoy this one in particular. And that's not just, you know, a, a crush on Bill Burr or anything. I, I thought this episode was fantastic. But, Luke, uh, nothing from you either. You and the fam have been eerily quiet about this episode. Uh, what did you think, my friend? Going into it, I was definitely, uh, you know, cool on it. I wasn't the biggest fan of episode six of season one with Bill Burr's character. It wasn't my favorite of the season. And so I wasn't really pumped to see the character come back. Yeah. And we knew he was coming back at the end of the last episode. So I knew that was a major part of this episode, if not the only part. And so um, I also didn't look up who the director was going to be. I knew there was one out there we hadn't seen yet. But I didn't seek it out. I just wanted to like watch the episode and then check the credits at the end. Yeah. But if I would have known it was Famuyiwa, I would have had uh, probably more excitement, more anticipation about the episode because I think he did fantastic. Even though he did he did episode six last year, mm-hmm. um, that wasn't my favorite, but he did my one of my all time favorites, episode two, chapter two. Um, so this, you know, the premise didn't excite me, but. This was so well executed. Yeah. Uh, and, and the expansion of the character Mayfeld that Bill Burr plays, I thought, was yeah. was outstanding. So, like, this was this character I, I didn't want more from, didn't care to see again. And then, like, it was just excellent. And it was, like, very much like a Rebels episode to me, the, the whole premise. Yeah, you're right. Um, Dozens of times, it seems like in Rebels, they were grabbing Imperial armor and sneaking yeah. onto an Imperial ship or an Imperial base. Yes. So that had a nice, like, 
real rebels feel to it, which was a nice, nice place to be as well. It did because you 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 see this. They called it the the juggernaut. I freaking love that. I was like, let's go. You see the juggernaut, Caradun just. I mean, hardly any security going on on the perimeter here of this base. Caradun just drops right in, bashes these guys up, and you're like, how did they? That was too easy. But then, like Luke said. Go and look at every single episode of Rebels. That's the exact premise. We hijack a vehicle, we get on board, or we get in in the base. It's it's just it felt so much like Star Wars, and it did. Luke, it, it took in animated elements that we love, things like that. It brought in not only direct video game references, but like we're there on this kind of jungle planet. It had a Battlefront two feel. Uh, with like Iden Versio and them being on in it just had a it had that feel to it. Um I was I was crushing on this episode super hard. And and then it, and then when we penetrate, you know, the uh, phrasing, the 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 base, you also then it, they continue on with that rebels feel, the 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 kind of joking around and and in disguise and 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 uh just like you do in a video game to at some point when you're behind enemy lines, you get frustrated with obeying the rules of the game, and you just you just kind of off somebody, and that sets everything ablaze. Um, which it very much felt like that in this a little more serious, obviously in tone, but that's kind of what it felt like here. Um, I absolutely love this episode. I, I thought this episode had some of the. And I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, and I don't care. I read RobertEbert.com, and Robert Ebert can go screw himself because that review <laughs> was garbage. Um, they, uh, so many people just want to see Grogu, and they think that's just the stakes, and 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 Boba Fett, and and uh, and and Ahsoka, and that was this was my exact fear with this television show that these characters were going to distract us from development of folks that we actually don't know. We don't know anything about Den. We don't know anything about Mayfield. And this episode just showed that, like, as much as people were really disinterested by Bill Burr, whether they found him annoying because he's from Boston, which I think is hysterical. I think he happens to be a hysterical guy. Um, But whether they were annoyed by that, he just didn't feel like he fit in. I felt like this story here simply showed us some of the most growth that we've seen in The Mandalorian of any character. Holly, am I I mistaken? No, you're not mistaken. Um... I think that Bill Burr himself, he's not my favorite comedian. His jokes just kind of fall flat for me personally. Um, Probably because he's ripping on Maine. I mean, is that? No, no, he tends to often recently rip on women in a way that's just like not funny. So I don't think that he's super funny. I think he did a great job in this episode. I think that he played this character very well. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm with Luke where, what was it? chapter six from season one that was my least favorite episode of the first season of the mandalorian i just didn't feel invested in any of the characters i didn't love the way that it was filmed it just didn't really seem to fit with the rest of the season and i feel like something that they've done this season is kind of find a better way to mesh the episodes Mm -hmm. together and allow people to have their own creative direction when they're directing and producing these episodes but so they have their own like freedom, but at the same time, still kind of make it. It's a little more has a little more continuity, I think, mm-hmm. which I think they've done a good job of doing that. But I think that Bill Burr played Mayfield really well, and I mm-hmm. think that you don't. 
I think it shows that you don't always have to know everything that a character went through to empathize with them and to feel bad for them. And I don't know, maybe it's just because I finished Lost Stars a couple nights ago and I'm still on that like high from like (laughs) everyone just like slamming the Empire but not really knowing what else to do about it. Yeah. I just like uh, everything that he was saying, I think, was resonating with me really well. Oh, it it was so easy to believe him. And and that's I think he's an underrated actor. I I think he, he, he brings that just rawness that's that's the only way i can like he just he can't filter himself it just that genuine side of him just comes out and so i believed him when he was sitting here at this table just boiling you could just feel it coming out of him you're like he's gonna snap like he he's just he's really bothered by what he's gone through and he's not he's yeah he's here to help out you know den he's doing him a favor here to help out help, help get the baby back but like I can't, I can't let this go. I can't, I can't leave here without, you know, trying to see justice by the people that I lost and loved. It was just, it was so personal. And I, I, I'm sorry. We have not seen that in the Mandalorian. We just haven't. I, this, I thought it just hit me more than anything. And, and I I don't know, Luke, what, what, what specifically, I mean, did you enjoy about this, uh, this episode the most? There were some cool references in the end with Boba Fett. He's flying away. And I told Holly, the tie started coming. I said, he better have a seismic charge. And I could not <laughs> believe those doors opened. Just, I was like, wow, what an awesome reference. But I, I mean, you should have been here on the couch with me. <laughs> I said, when that door opened up in the back, I said, mother seismic charge. <laughs> it was like, it was the same moment I had in, uh, in the prior episode on the slave one came flying by oh. the same thing. Mother effing slate one. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's towards the end. I wanted to talk a little earlier. I yeah. want to talk a lot of operation Cinder here in a minute, but yep. I want to, before getting to that point, uh, in the episode, talk about just a the conversation they have, between uh, Mayfield and and the Mando Din Djarin, yeah, uh, on the drive before the action kicks in, yeah, when they're just when they're just chatting and you see, uh, you know, he's kind of ribbing Mando about you know the helmet or not showing your face, yeah, uh, you know which is it which is most important. I guess it's just I, I guess it's just hiding your face. But it doesn't matter that you're wearing Mandalorian armor, That's or right. just that mm-hmm. I can't see your face. Yep, <laughs> and then you know he talks about. Um, this this point of view we get you know more and more in the newer canon of like um for a lot of just the regular people in the galaxy uh they're not too concerned about who is winning the the galactic civil war or not they're just trying to live their lives and he says they see the new republic and the empire very similarly so that that's an interesting point of view he brings uh to things as well um, it talks about how people, you know, it's sort of foreshadowing the episode about how you know, people stick to their codes and their beliefs as long as it's convenient. But then when yep. things get real, get real messy, uh, they abandon those quickly. It was a nice foreshadowing for Amanda deciding I got to go in there without my helmet mm-hmm. in the base later on. So I just, you know, the, so the action was great and it was fun. Um, but to me, the moments I always talk about most and I think about the most are the, a lot of the quieter moments. Yeah, like that. So I love them just cruising in that uh, transport, you know, chatting the way that they did. You you forget to. T- we all get so consumed with 
these Jedi and the awesome, you know, force of these weapons and the battles and, and we, we blow over like, cause I look at star Wars like our own world, mm-hmm. you know, and that's exactly what they're doing here. And there's a message here uh, that felt like it was very topical for things going on in our world. But just that, you know, like Luke said, like when it comes down to it, people, you know, They'll abandon, you know, not, maybe not their principles, but like it's it, what's going on in their immediate life. It's it's bigger than these ideals, um, and I just I feel like that's a very that's a very topical thing that's going on right now, even in our world, especially even like in election time. But uh, you're right; those quieter moments were just once again they felt very authentic, and that's Bill Burr kind of ripping him, and he has his own securities that he's dealing with, and just like a comedian, he's kind of projecting onto someone else, oh, you got that silly hat, you're hiding behind it, but it's like he's hiding behind a lot of stuff of his own. Yeah, like his attitude. Like his attitude, right? But, I mean, he could have very easily, you know, when he lost his whole, he saw Operation Center happen, he could have very easily went and joined the New Republic. Can we talk about that then? Because that's coming up in the live, in the group chat right now, and Luke said that he wanted to bring it up. I don't know what Operation Cinder is, so someone needs to explain this to me. So Operation Cinder was pretty much a kind of last-ditch effort of the Empire after the Battle of Endor that probably uh, something of, of many things that obviously it seems like the Emperor was maybe doing to just say, you know what, if we're going to lose... These people aren't going to enjoy the fruits of the, this planet. They're not going to. They're not going to have these resources. We're literally going to obliterate planets, and so they had Luke. I, I, you, I can't. I, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but they had almost like these satellites that would orbit planets, and and they literally were kind of like a Death Star, so to speak. But it would literally just seek destruction on the surface of these planets. Um, and it's been a while since I've I've played the game. Um, where you kind of get that story of it, but it's 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 mass destruction pretty much, and it was a uh, hey, if we're gonna lose, everything's going down with us. Um, maybe that was kind of part of the contingency. I, I don't know, um, but if we're not gonna get these resources and these people aren't gonna want to be under our rule, well, we'll just destroy them. Um, so it was pretty much kind of a a last last kind of ditch. Hey, you're not getting this, and and no one will. Um, so it's yeah, and it's I pretty like- messed up. I like how it's it's one of the more sweaty things to put in the show to bring into this more mainstream part of Star Wars, but I think it it works. You can be one of us and know that it was in the Battlefront Two yeah. backstory or, or part of the game, um, and or you can just be watching him describe what happened—the death of all these people, exactly. citizens on this planet, plus even his own. Um, his own regiment unit, however he describes it, is part of, it gets sort of caught as collateral damage and the, the Imperial officer makes the decision to, you know, kill his some of his own troops along with the civilian population because yeah. that's how that's how um, ruthless and unforgiving Operation Cinder is. And, and we've, we've been able to see uh, several characters in canon face Operation Cinder and make a decision based off it. Yeah. And, I'm a little fuzzier on the Iden Versio details, but I think it's part of what kind of turns her against the Empire. Is that right, Michael? Yeah, yeah. But there's some, yeah. though, that stick with it, and they're just like, this it, is what the Emperor wants. It comes up as a big part of uh, Alphabet Squadron as well. Yeah. Um, the main character there, um, uh, Yurika Quell, mm-hmm. uh, Krell, um, 
she's an Imperial pilot who is, is in a unit as, you know, in shadowing as uh, Operation Cinder is going down, and she experiences it too. It makes a slightly different decision than Brandon uh, Versio does. I won't give it away for people who haven't read those books yet who want to. Uh, so it's great to see that stuff that's in, the, like, the sweatier part of Star Wars, you know, the people who read the books and play the video games. And then it get moved in here, and I think it, like I said, it works. Like, you understand from the, the brief dialogue they have about it what it means um, how gruesome it, it was, and uh, you see May, how it, it. I think that's what turned Mayfeld against the Empire. Yeah. You know, he clearly thinks it wasn't right, and so you get this great story about why he he left last season. We just knew he he was a former Imperial, but we didn't know why he left. So uh, I thought it was a great rounding out of his background to, to get that kind of detail on it. Yeah, it's 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 another person that Mando has has come across that he maybe didn't respect so much and then in the end i mean he makes the right choices and yeah. and i don't even think mando faults him for for responding the way he did right i, I mean that, it, this was his mission to go and yeah. get this information and then he blows it all pretty much i think that they have an understanding that everyone's going through something differently mm-hmm. but ultimately in the end, they all seem to want the same thing, whether yeah. it's the safety of the child or using the safety as a child as saying, like, I don't like what the Empire is doing and yeah. I'm not going to join your little crew. Mm-hmm. But if I have the chance to take these guys down because I saw what they did to their own people, they mm-hmm. don't care about their own people. They're using them as pawns yeah. in this war. Then I'm going to take them down. Yeah. And the situation presented itself to him. Yeah. And I just, like... The way that Bill Burr acted in that scene where they confronted the officer and he, like, took them to have a drink. Mm-hmm. And then he just, he, like, he had to do that to get closure. Because it seemed like yeah. he never he never had that. Mm-hmm. And he had to blame someone for it. And so when he started bragging about how it was such a big win for the Empire, mm-hmm. Mayfield was like, oh, really? Well, was it? And he's very clearly just, you know, there's some people that have, have witnessed these things like... You know, Yurika in Alphabet Squadron chose to kind of do something different. I mean, she still has some allegiances, and it's hard to really kind of decode yourself from years of service in the Empire, and then all of a sudden you're fighting the very people that you served by. It's very difficult, and she struggles with that. But some people very quickly reacted and said, that's not right, and joined the Rebellion or joined the New Republic in these moments. It seems like Bill Burr escaped and chose to not address that. And he, he didn't know what he would do if he came face to face with another Imperial, let alone someone he served under who took up these orders from the emperor and executed them. And he lost, what do you say? 6,000 men. Yeah, that's a lot. Cause he just, he just sees this commander here just glossing over the details. Well, that's what needed to be done. You know, we serve the empire. It's a great empire. Let's toast to that. And he's like, no, dude, you killed 6,000 of my friends. I love in that moment when Din kind of, they show him off to the side and Mayfield's just going at him and they just like show Din's face and he just like gives a little tiny like head shake, like his eyes get really big and he's like, "Mm -mm." mm-mm. We need more of that. I wonder. (laughs) Go ahead, Luke. I was wondering if you guys got the the same feel that I got off of that uh, scene. Um a little quick trivia that that actor uh, who played the Imperial officer, Valen Hess, I was looking online mm. today and I saw he was actually uh, the Night King 
yeah. in Game of Thrones for a couple seasons. Yeah, and he, he apparently has played a lot of like very sinister characters in his uh, his acting career. But when I was watching this, and I know this is out there, other people in the larger Star Wars community have drawn the same connection and posted it online. So I don't want you to think I'm just copying off of them. I had the thought independently while I was watching the episode, and then I saw it online later. But it had a real um, Inglorious Bastards feel to me, if you guys yes. remember that movie. The, the scene in the, the French bar when the, the Nazis come in there, and they have that very tense standoff where things start relatively yep. cordial and people are feeling each other out and then it just bang you know kind of hits a breaking point uh you know very reminiscent of me to that i wonder if they were thinking that as they were making it in some way but uh it the, the tension was great and the you know the acting all around as subtle as you know pedro was playing it as he's sitting there stoically and just kind of watching things <laughs> go down and then uh you know, the tense interaction between Bill Burr and the Imperial officer. Um, Something that I really think we need to address about this episode, which I noticed immediately as soon as the opening credits came, the freaking music in this episode was phenomenal. It was so different from the music that we've heard in the other episodes. And Luke, that one scene that we just described where, you know, he takes them to go get a drink and it's very, very tense. And it's just like that this back helped. and forth between like the three of their faces and the conversations getting more intense. Mm-hmm. The music in that moment. Great. Oh my gosh. It just like was so suspenseful the whole time. I th- I just thought the music was so well done. Well, in the, <laughs> in the beginning of the episode too, you have the classic, Mando. the classic Mando theme, but Holly mentioned it. She's like, Wow, this sounds so different. She's like, I really like those strings, and you're right. They added some 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 strings in the orchestra there to really. Uh, it just felt like we're going to get that little son of a bitch back. Yeah. Like that's what we're doing. We're going to get him, and now it's begun. It just felt different. The stakes felt different, and that's that's a big issue that I had with with some of the reviews that I was seeing on there. I. I, I people were saying this felt misplaced. We just got Boba Fett release, like. Like why, like why would you put that here? Maybe this should have been more closer to the beginning of the season, and I, I disagree. I felt like it, you know, just because it didn't have Grogu, just because it didn't have um, Bo Katan and Ahsoka, like it just, it just had much more depth to me than than even the Ahsoka episode. As much as I loved it, like I got much more out of like seeing a story take place and someone actually develop as a character. I did not, I did not get that from Rosario Dawson. I did not get that really from, from raiding that village. It just did not feel, I didn't feel the stakes there. Um, Here I did because I was seeing someone literally transform before our eyes and standing up for himself. Finally, when all these years he's probably been terrified to do so. And he didn't know what he would do when he was faced with this. And, And he reacted and, that 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 was just that was just what happened. But that moment, guys, it was. I, they couldn't have picked a better actor to play that disgusting uh, imperial. I mean, he had the gross teeth and everything. Yeah. For for someone who like boasts like Operation Center, you gotta have someone disgusting. Cause just like well, I don't care for this human. And like not even that, but he was it, it, his character felt like borderline like maniacal. Crazy. Yeah. Like absolutely. Like he seeks chaos and he yeah. thrives on it. And like yeah. it I just felt like he was that person who was like who could be like very, very calm and like bam. Yeah. And you know, know you know what else? I think this is a stepping stone. I know Holly was really pumped about, you know, the Mando removing his helmet and I was too. And I had to remind Holly, hey, we saw it last season. 
you fell asleep. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but you missed a really big part of the season. But, man, what a stepping stone for him. I feel like him and Bill had a moment, and I really would like Mayfield to come back. I really I think it's possible. Maybe it's not now, but maybe later on, uh, kind of a changed man, and, and maybe he feels like he owes him something. But in that moment where, you know, they kind of get out of the situation and the Mando, you know, puts his helmet back on, he's just like, Bill's, or I keep calling him Bill Burr. Mayfield's just like, hey, you, I never saw you. Like, it's cool. Like, just had a real nice moment. And I'm hoping that you start to see those walls chip away at the Mando. That, like, okay, this guy was saying, yeah, it's not what, so what is this code? Is it you wear a Mandalorian helmet? Is it you just cover your face? And, and maybe he's starting to question, yeah, why am I doing this? Maybe those vulnerabilities are going to start coming out. He sees that it's okay. He sees that people aren't going to be whatever about it. They're not going to be shocked. You're just, you're human, just like everyone else. And, and I think we're going to need those moments when him and Grogu are going to get even closer and that bond's going to be closer because just that subtle look, like you said, Holly, was just like, oh, God, shit's going down. Like, it was a, it was just really effective in that moment, and we need more of those moments Those facial expressions, and you yeah. actually are starting to get a little emotion out of him. It's very hard to have emotion out of which That's why stormtroopers are so effective. Stormtroopers yeah. die. They get blown up all mm-hmm. the time. Nobody cares. Yeah. You're not like you have no connection to them. They're just they're, – they have a helmet yeah. on. They're very, like – dehumanized yeah. I guess but now we're getting to the point where Din Djarin is turning into more of like a personable figure because yeah. he's not the man behind the mask or under the helmet anymore and I think I think he has since the beginning of the season I think that he's been starting to have his doubts about what what it means to be a Mandalorian and the code that he grew up thinking was like it's either all or nothing. It's yeah. either you follow this and you're a Mandalorian or you don't follow it 100% and you're not. And I think yeah. that he's having sort of an identity crisis at this point. Yeah. And he's realizing like, that's okay. Yeah. It's just every episode's just kind of chipping away at that wall. And, and, and uh, Luke, I don't know if you caught this, even Bill Burr said, there is no Mandalore anymore. We've all been kind of wondering like, what's going on there? And he pretty much said they're, there's nothing. There is no Mandalore anymore. I think I might have. We lost Luke, maybe. Oh, sorry. Oh, the, did you throw to me? You, you guys are breaking up a little bit on my end. Yeah, it could be the internet. Who knows? The 400 megabytes, you know, isn't enough. I guess I'm going to have to upgrade. Uh, but forgive the video, guys. Luke's picture is kind of going a little in and out. We got, uh, you're seeing all my behind the scenes of OBS. I'm a master, <laughs> but you're seeing kind of the Oz behind the curtain. I was going to say it's like the Wizard of Oz. Absolutely. But <laughs> hey, so we're learning a little more about even just kind of how people look at Mandalore, right? It's just like, I don't know if people really fear these guys in the suits anymore, right? I mean, they haven't seen them in a while, but it's like, you don't even have a planet anymore, man. Why are you, why are you continuing to hide behind this mask? Yeah, I think that was kind of a, a big revelation when he was talking about sort of extreme points of view and mentioned Alderaan and Mandalore and then said, yeah, basically they're both gone. Uh, and I, I can see people just looking down on them from the fact that they were so destructive yeah. in, in the way they, they were under constant conflict in amongst each other, even and with outside parties in the galaxy as well, Yeah, uh, that they just sort of brought themselves to ruin and like what kind of a pitiful... Uh, 
thing to have done to your to your planet to your culture in many ways so that 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 makes sense yeah a big a big confirmation of that mandalore's basically gone i don't know if the planet's you know blown to bits or it's just completely uninhabitable uh but yeah it's it's a tough situation uh can i ask you two what you thought of a a scene you know talking we've been talking so much about mayfeld and, mm-hmm. and bill burr um but i thought it was it was really great to see how um the choice that din makes about yeah. you know he's taking off his helmet for grogu in that moment in the base when he has to go get the facial scan yeah um and, and how he, he doesn't really hesitate whereas like before he would have never done that but because it's for grogu he does it um so that's a big moment and uh second though as i watched the episode twice today and, and the first time i watched it i thought that that was a big reveal and a shocking one when he went and got his face scanned because mm-hmm. i was like do you have to have been a former imperial to for that scan to work and so i started thinking did they just reveal to us that din at some point served in the imperial, imperial military so what? I wonder if you guys got that at all. But then yeah. the second time I watched it, I thought maybe it's just more for like when you log into this system, it's the little cylinder that you need to really get in. And then they just record your face to just, if they need to retroactively see who accessed the system, see what their face looked like. It's just like a recording rather than a yeah a security feature. Like I wonder if you had any similar thoughts on that yeah i I thought about that too because everyone made a big deal where they were like oh if i guess if i scan if it scans me it's gonna alert them that like i'm wanted by yeah the empire um i think personally that it's just technology to me i feel like it's the imperial version of a captcha online Mm -hmm. i feel like it catches whether these people are like droids trying to like break into it or if they're actual like beings who are like yeah able to think and be like hey i'm making this decision to log into this i need to do x y and z not like somebody sent me to do this or i'm trying to hack into the system or something um we've had one too many astromechs hack into our system R2? we're stopping it now chopper i know <laughs> but um <laughs> but that's <laughs> that's uh that's what i thought because the first time i was like wait a second what but i think it just I think it keeps it stores the data from people when they scan in, I think. And then I think they can also put in data like if this particular person scans in or these like here are the genetics or this is the facial structure of somebody who we want, it's gonna notify them. Yeah, I I took it as a little bit of both. I I, I think also Mayfield, I mean he was part of the Empire and he's no longer with them, so Either he's dead or he's kind of AWOL. So if his facial scan is already in the system and it pops up, they're going to be like, this this deserter is in-house. Like, it's going to alert somebody. I think it was partially that. And then, like Luke said as well, you know, who's using this? We got a log. We don't recognize the face. But you would think it would you would want it to be associated with the owner of the the the, the, the thing. But... Apparently that wasn't the case. So I, there could be multiple things going on. Hey, we don't want, you know, any droids or we don't want any anybody that shouldn't be using it, using it, but we don't have anything on Din. 
but you would think that would be a red flag. This isn't just like some open portal that anyone can come and just insert whatever phrasing. Phrasing. Uh, but it's, it, it just, it just, I don't know. It, it was kind of strange, but it was, it was cool how he, how he stepped up and he's like, cause Bill Burr was freaking out. He's like, I can't, I can't. And that was another part. He's like, I can't, like I served on that guy. He probably doesn't really, I just can't do it. But yeah. when Din was in trouble, he did the right thing and he stepped up and he helped him out in a very comedic manner. We just call him brown eyes. I thought that was hysterical. Yeah. Um, Luke, to your first question that I skipped over to answer the facial recognition question. Um, I think Paige brought this up earlier in the group chat as well, but it was kind of nice that Din had the opportunity to remove his helmet based on his own terms because he didn't have to take it off he could have walked away from that situation and it probably i mean we know it would have been safer for him to just like walk away they think they're heroes they could just walk right out of there and yeah nobody would question it uh, but instead he was like i'm gonna take a risk and i'm going to do this because it's important to me and mm-hmm. this is what needs to be done to protect this child that i've been taking care of and i think that he's choosing those emotional attachments over his I don't even know what you would call it. His, I don't know. His, 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 his commitment. Yeah. His lifelong commitment. This is a creed. This is our livelihood. You, 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 nothing, nothing can jeopardize that. It's all we have. We don't have a planet anymore. And he's realizing, well, there's a lot more out there. There's attachments, which if he becomes a Jedi, we're screwed. Apparently, uh, but I, I, you're right. And, and even, um, oh, now I forget my thought. I can't remember now. And Nettie said, you know, Mandalore isn't a place. It's a people. It's a people. <laughs> and I, I like, uh, <laughs> this was something too that I thought was, was super cool. And it made, we talk about humanizing the empire. We've talked about it for years now and, and new canon. And I love that Aaron said, I was almost rooting for the empire when they rolled in probably a first for me. And I, yeah. right. It felt yeah. wrong. If it's Bill. The first time you've rooted for tie fighters, right? Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was like, yeah, ties. Oh crap. I really thought Y wings were going to show up and start bombing the hell out of the place, which would have been cool too. Um, that's why I thought was happening at the beginning when we were seeing those explosions. I was like, Holly, Y wings coming in to save the day. Well, I thought they no. were going to run into the rebels. Okay. Yeah. Actually, let's talk about this because I feel yeah. like Michael was getting annoyed because I was like talking through this entire scene, but I Me had annoyed that you're talking through a show I or a movie had, that doesn't happen. I had to talk it out. Okay. Cause I know that we're yeah. like jumping all over the place in this episode. We're not really like going in order of events, which is fine. Yeah. But it's organic Holly. I yeah. wouldn't have it any other way. So in the beginning, Din goes with there was Mayfield man and woman. Yeah, oh, and yes. They, <laughs> he gets the idea to you know knock out these troopers or kill them or whatever they decided to do yes. and take their armor and then get in the trucks to get into the base. Yeah, brilliant. Sure, and like, absolutely. Like Luke said, that was very rebel esque yes. of them. Um, <clears throat> but then we see those explosions we see all the burnt vehicles and i thought at first i was like it feels like there are some rebels who are fighting back against the imperial mm-hmm. um presence yeah. that's here yeah. and i still am not 100 percent sure that's not what was happening they called mm-hmm. them pirates but i think if they were pirates they would be trying to steal those resources from mm-hmm. them i don't think they would be trying to destroy them yeah you're exactly right um 
So I actually kind of felt really bad that yeah. they were just slaughtering yeah. these Didn't people. Didn't even have a blaster. They were just, these people were so brave. They were just trying to destroy what they thought was going to destroy their own planet. They've seen this happen to planets throughout the mm-hmm. past however many years. They know yeah. what happens when the Empire gets the, I don't, can we still call it the Empire, I guess? Yeah. When they have these terrible resources they know what they're going to try to do and they know that their planet could be next Mm -hmm. and they're trying to prevent that from happening and they just get slaughtered by everyone they're getting slaughtered by the empire and then Mm -hmm. they're getting slaughtered by din and mayfield who presumably would have been on their side if they hadn't have been trying to get into the space well i think i think you nailed it because yeah at first i thought it was y wings the new republic was coming to save the day and it's actually great that i was thinking that because then i was i was having the experience that that uh, that the uh, that you're having like I was behind where you had progressed at this point, and yeah, they called them pirates. But the thing is, is I don't know. We saw some locals that were sitting on the side of the street when we first get there, they right? Were children. They were children. We, I, I don't necessarily know who. I mean, they looked human, right? The people that were attacking them on those speeders obviously were not the same species there. But it begs the question. If this new republic isn't as effective, you know, as people believe they are, these people are having to defend their own planets. Or maybe there's other cells out there that aren't, they don't trust this new republic. Like, things didn't go right the first time. We're going to take matters into our own hand, and we're going to try to stop this mass destruction. Maybe it's not even their home planet, but maybe they're there to try to help these people. And it is unfortunate. They even have a blaster to protect themselves. And you're right. If they were trying to steal it, they would have just done so and not threw a thermal detonator in there. Uh, Luke, it was a very, it was easy to kind of miss ev- the point of everything there because they call them pirates. Uh, they're, they're just getting slaughtered and their asses kicked. We're running over these people. It was like, I cringed. Holly's like, did you see the little rover bump up? I'm like, oh my God, they're running oh over God, people. Yeah. It was very traumatic. But well, what did you think of that? It was It was very moving now when you go back and think about it. Yeah, no, I think Holly points out really good stuff there. And, uh, you know, I say you're rooting for the TIE fighters in that moment. It's because you're invested in yeah. the mission to save Grogu, which is is ultimately about. And so we want that to succeed. Yeah. And then these guys come out of nowhere. We don't know what's going on with them. And it, it reminds me a lot of uh, Enthus Nest yep. and yep. Solo. And like, like you were saying, Holly, the pirate thing fit her when uh when beckett just tells han the oh, yeah, yeah, they're pirates the marauders, raiders, marauders. Yeah. uh it fits because they're trying to steal the same thing and that makes sense like they want the resource uh, it turns out ultimately in the end obviously they want the resource to turn it into funds to fund their rebellion yeah uh which is a little bit different but these guys like you said holly they're just trying to destroy this stuff they don't want to take it so that that speaks more to yeah probably a people who just want to make it so unbearable for the empire to be here yep. through loss of life and loss of resources loss of materials that they up and leave so it does mm-hmm. give the sense of much more of like an insurgency trying to drive out uh, an occupying force so that that complicates the whole thing but you're like they don't know that 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 din is involved in the mission ultimately against imperial forces as well. So yeah. if they knew that, they would let them just drive on by maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they're dressed up in, as imperials in an imperial transport, so they're coming at them. Uh, 
it's not discussed at all, but all of that's there. Yeah. To, to, to be inferred from the episode. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's a great thing to point out about those, those whoever they are. Guys, it sounds like America. <laughs> I mean, there's also some great in the, in the scene when he thinks he kind of fended them all off and then like four or five other of those little speeders show up and every dude yeah. <laughs> ignites, uh, oh, activates yeah. his thermal detonator all at once. That was kind of like a funny shot. Like we all have detonators and they're all activating them all at once. So I enjoyed sort of like as violent as it was sort of some comedic moments amongst the, the violence, but then at the same time, there's all that there that you've brought up. Holly. Yeah. I yeah. also like then like, I don't know. I actually said out loud when we were watching this, I looked at Michael and I said, let Favorite the episode. No, I oh. said, I was like, I just want to be clear. I'm not rooting for the empire. I just want this well, scene to be over. <laughs> no but, one would be surprised. Holly. If you were. <laughs> Let's be honest. Well, I, that's why I felt like it was important for me to point out in the beginning of the mm-hmm. podcast that today was a roller coaster of a day was. because this episode was a roller coaster of an episode to me. And at first I was cheering yeah. and then I was upset. And then I was like, I just felt so bad for them yeah. all because they knew that they didn't stand a chance against yeah. the stormtroopers when, when Din and Mayfield crossed that bridge and the stormtroopers mm-hmm. came running out to cover them when yeah. they were going into the base and they just came out with their blasters. And these guys, they just like raised their spears and they were just running at these stormtroopers and it was a suicide mission. They yeah. knew they didn't stand a chance, but their cause, whatever it is, is so important to them that they did it. And I just like, I don't know why it just made me feel really bad. Yeah. We're just running over heroes, but then we did quite have literally. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we didn't have time to like process that. We just moved on to the very next thing, which is them getting cheered when they come into the base. And you know what though, in any different scenario, if Grogu's life was not on the line, Din would help these people. Yeah. Din would find a way to do the right thing. And I mean, eventually we got to that point with the destruction of this base. But you're right. Let's make him as miserable as we can to just... Because th- this this was a very powerful whatever source resource that they were mining or what? I don't know what exactly I didn't catch exactly what they're doing with this, but it sounds like that, that the commander that we hated sitting there at the table, pretty much it felt like he said this would this, what we're doing here will make operation sender look like child's play. That's essentially what it felt like he was saying. And uh, he mentioned specifically you guys, when, when things kind of turn, he's like, let's get a drink. You guys are the only shipment that's gotten through this month, this week, or whatever it was. Today. Today. It was just like, they've those guys have been effective. But I think any other day, if it was any different, the circumstances were different, Din probably would have helped them out. It was just unfortunate that they're caught up in this this whole mess. And, and, and But it, there's a lot of development, though, there. I mean, it took a lot of that sacrifice we can look at, like, Mayfield had his moment. I feel like this is going to have a huge impact on Din. Din was fired up in that hologram boy i don't know if he was using moff gideon's uh uh, verbiage word for word but uh he was pissed he was pissed and he said he means more to me than you'll ever know and i'm coming for you which is a bold statement because let's talk some some specifics here He knows the coordinates apparently now where Moff Gideon is, right? Well, that's the whole point of going to this terminal. What if Moff Gideon just jumps into hyperspace and leaves? 
Like how we're not tracking him, right? So what are we? How are we going to find him? I I'm, I'm, I was a little confused by that, but I believed it. You know what? You know what we said? We said this was going like Din Jaren is going to turn into Liam Neeson from Taken, and that hologram was pretty much exactly what I said was going to happen. I will hunt you down, I will find you, and I will kill you. It's pretty much what he said. I'm not scared of your dark troopers. Dark troopers, what? Like I'm coming for you. Dark troopers. Me and my what? little crew minus Mayfield. That would be really cool if he showed up again, save the day. Um, but what's 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 everyone? I want to know. Like, is anyone saying like downright my least favorite episode? No. My favorite episode? No. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, Rob is very enthusiastic about loving this episode. Let's go. Um, so people don't feel they don't feel like they're losing something because Baby Yoda isn't here or oh, I asked. Bo-Katan. I asked everyone. I said. I was like, did you guys miss a child in this episode? I found myself so invested in what was going on during this yeah. episode that I actually kind of forgot about Grogu. That's good writing. Whoops. It is That's good. That's great writing. It is good writing. And everyone kind of agreed with that. Rob was like, I don't really miss him. And Paige said, there's a time and a place for him. And this mm-hmm. wasn't his episode. Yeah. It's nice that we're not dependent on it's not a gimmick but it's nice that we're not dependent on the cuteness or how powerful is he or is he going to be a jedi like that's that's cool but like it's also it's really kind of you know we we, we were theorizing so much about that and when's spoke tan gonna come back what's a so well i'll tell you right now folks so ain't coming back to the mandalorian <laughs> it's not happening so I, i'm looking forward to maybe moving past some of that after the disney announcement and, and really developing these the characters that we know so much. I even thought Cara Dune had a really nice moment there at the end. You know, I was not a fan of Gina Carano's acting. Uh, I, not the best. I still am not a fan of it. Um, the character's cool, uh, but it was nice her having that moment, right? This is an Imperial. You destroyed my people. And then has a duty to this new Republic to serve and this prisoner, hearing that he could escape, could put her away for life, too. Probably executed, actually. So I thought that was cool that she's like, you know what? We'll turn a blind eye. And Bill Burr's like, uh, what? <laughs> Are you serious? Like, I, you look like you're, like, hardcore New Republic. I ain't, I, I'm here. Cuff me now. <laughs> I'm going. Uh, I thought that was a nice moment for her. Also, um, <laughs> I think that the Empire, or the Empire, I think that... New Republic folks when the New Republic was kind of yeah having a foundation star and they were taking a lot of prisoner prisoners of war mm-hmm. I guess from the Empire they ran yeah. out of room for them so the ones that like didn't really have these like huge crimes against humanity like the commanders and like yeah. the officers and the captains and stuff had I think they were just like kind of like hey okay you sat in prison you did your time don't do it again go we don't yeah. have room for you here. Yeah, wow, that's a very progressive initiative by the New Republic. I mean, America, you could learn something from Star hey, Wars. Yeah, a lot seriously. from Star Wars, actually. Stop imprisoning everybody. Another, another plug for Alphabet Squadron, a fascinating part of that first book. It opens up on a, a New Republic prison camp for Imperials, and the, the name yep. of the camp is Tra- Traitor's Remorse. Um. And it gets into that very idea that they're they're sifting through and seeing, yeah, they can't hold all these people inevitably. 
um, indef- indefinitely. I mean, they can't hold them all indefinitely. So they're, they're sifting through and sort of psychoanalyzing them to see which of you were really committed to the cause, which of you were just going along to get along. So, yep. like, let's let the, the ones, uh, you know, back into society who don't seem like much of a threat anymore. Uh, that, uh, you know, there's two of those books out. I, I highly recommend them. There's a third um, coming um, to conclude the trilogy, I think next year in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're really, really interesting um, novels. Alexander Freed, I think most of the stuff he writes for Star Wars is, is solid. So I just had to get that in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I want to bring this up because I was going to talk about this earlier when I was talking about the pirates trying to destroy yeah. the um, page said what the name of Paige doing some research right, live. Rhydon- thank God. Rhydonium. I think I oh, said that right. Okay. Um, so thank you, Paige. Nettie said the shot that Mayfield made to blow the place up was mm. awesome. It was sick. And I think what I said earlier when I was like, I felt like we were moving so fast that we couldn't like process what had happened to all these guys getting blown up. But then they kind of made it right when Mayfield blew that whole base up. Yeah. It's kind of like they can't they can't be here and really like destroy the planet unless they come here again and exactly. rebuild everything. That's and gonna be and they might, but yeah. I feel like at that point it's a lost cause to the empire and they need to move on. Yeah. And we were get I, we mentioned kind of, you know, the the humanizing of, of the empire. There was we and when Adam said we all kind of kind of rooted for the ties when they showed up, but when you get into the base Holly said, "Why are they cheering?" Like Holly, they're people. Like they're some of these guys are just taking a job, right? Or they feel like, I mean, treason is execution. Like in the Empire, there's no question. So sometimes it's just a job, and some of them have probably been brainwashed, and 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 that's that's what happens. And so, but it was nice to kind of see the behind the scenes. We haven't really we've got that in novels, but not so much in any television or movies like we kind of did here kind of seeing seeing a mess hall like just seeing people casually having a a dinner and guys like high-fiving and like shaking hands with people they thought that have done a good job that that i mean a little you see that a little bit in squadrons but like not really i thought that was kind of a cool i mean yeah what they're doing is terrible but like some of them don't know that they should oh i think they know it i think they're just there's a, there's a little bit of cognitive dissonance that yes. goes on and you're like, yeah. oh, I'm just following orders. We've heard that before. Yes. No. Yeah. You're at, you're, if you're complicit, then yeah, you're absolutely, or if you're not complicit, you're actually, at this point, that's probably the, the, the worst of the worst in the empire. Yeah. And that guy was a nice reflection. The, uh-huh. the commander here. I thought um, that was also in that scene. Mayfield just like, he gets so fed up with this dude's attitude that he just pulls his blaster out and he shoots awesome. him. In the middle of the mess hall, bam, dead. Yeah. And there's a shot you see in the background. One of the troopers has a tray and he has like a little juice cup or something. And he's standing there and he just like doesn't know what to do. And that he watches the whole thing and he's just standing amazing. there. He has like an oh shit moment. That was a and Kylo then, Ren moment. <laughs> they were like, like Paige just mentioned, she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. We saw it in SNL with, I'm assuming she's talking about <laughs> Kylo Ren as the uh, undercover boss, which was amazing. Yeah. And it was one of the, that was a funny moment. That's, that's what we needed, guys. Everything has been so freaking serious. And there's all these stakes and all these huge heroes are coming in this epic show. And that's cool. But like, you got to have some humor. Yeah. And it wasn't just Bill Burr that brought it. This Rick... Famu, fam, famu, 
Yiwa, Famu Yiwa, nailed it. There you go. Got it this time. Uh, he he writes great television. Yeah. I was a huge fan of his episode of The Prison Break. I loved it. I thought it was different. I know Holly didn't like some of the inconsistencies in the field. I liked that. I kind of thought it was cool because, uh, to be honest, not a lot happened in the first season. Like, it was just... I don't know. Not too much happened. So I was kind of cool with things being a little different, mixing it up. Now the, the stakes are higher. We're, we're going different places. Yeah, it feels a little more, uh, I don't know, unified. But it, it, this man, this had some of the most depth that I think we've seen out of, out of Star Wars even in a while. Um, back to the animation stuff and Rebels. Rebels had a lot of these great moments. Um, so that's it hit for me. It was I, – I, I keep saying this week in, week out, could have been a favorite. This one felt like this might <laughs> be was. my favorite of all the seasons. And I think it was a big turning point for a lot of the characters. Yeah. I, I know that yeah. we've talked a lot about the character development that happened in this episode, but we yeah. needed that. We did. And I just feel like I feel like it's changed. I yeah. feel like from here on out, it's going to be different. Yeah. And I, I don't know why. Like, at the end of it, I'm just like, yeah. Boba Fett's going to show up when Boba Fett needs to be there and say, and he's, he's just taking orders and, and we just depend on him and we trust him. I'm like, what world are we living in? <laughs> Where we're like, yeah, Boba Fett's, yeah, he, he's going to work a calm man. He's going to come pick us up on the shuttle and then he's going to take out some ties for us. Never in a million years would I have thought this is the way we're going. I know we talked about it in the beginning of this season. We're like, could he? It just seemed too far-fetched uh, because he is a very selfish, you know, he only worries about himself. And not boy, anymore. boy, I can't wait to hear why things have changed so much. Uh, maybe the Sarlacc uh, uh, um, juice is down there, you know, dissolving his, his flesh. I don't know. Something changed him. But it's just funny that we're just like, yeah, he's going to pick us up and he's going to drop a freaking seismic charge, which was what an awesome payoff. It was so great to pull that in. I, I was like, we're going away. We're not going to be able to outrun these ties I don't recall there being any rear blasters covering the six of, of, of Slave One, so he's going to drop one of those, and man, what a payoff. I responded just like Luke. Are you freaking kidding me? It was so – and to see it drop so close to a planet, you're just like, holy shit, okay. I that's, said I don't want to be epic. underneath that. Phrasing. You <laughs> yeah, don't want to be. That, that was, you know, Slave One playing one of the hits, oh. but – as the encore, but there was some new stuff, new slave one stuff that we'd never seen before. I loved mm. uh, seeing the the sort of passenger area of the oh, slave buddy. one. Yeah, uh, it, it was great to see as they were, you know, Fennec Shan and Mando and Cara Dune uh, and, and Mayfield are in the sort of passenger cargo area as they're taking off at one point, and you see the the. the the ship is, is shifting around them oh. because of the unique way that it, you know lands and and becomes a vertical. And you see, like to keep them from shifting their orientation, it's the it's the ship that kind of yep. shifts around that area. It was really subtle. If you're not paying too much attention, you kind of miss it in the background of the characters just having their conversation, setting up the episode, their dialogue. Um, but it, it was it was beautiful to see and. I don't know how, but you could. There were windows in that area too that they could yep. see out of, and I'm like, "Where are these other windows on the slave one?" Yeah. It doesn't make sense from what we know about the external mm-hmm. view of the slave one, 
but it was it was awesome and it was beautiful so like why not like oh maybe some of that stuff that looks opaque on yep. the outside is actually uh it's transparent from the inside okay cool it's like <laughs> a one-way mirror luke like they if, could see out can't yeah. see in it almost felt like so when he, when boba comes and he picks them up in the slave one and they have to like run and jump mm-hmm. to get into his ship yeah. and then they're like very winded sitting there yeah Din is like sitting against part of the ship and it looks like the windows behind him are open because oh, when they start going, he looks like he like loses his balance and yeah. like has to like hold on so he doesn't fall out. It felt like we were in a chopper. It felt yes. like we were in a military chopper with open sides and that's that's kind of how we were in that cargo hold. That's how I felt too. And, and you're right, guys, like did not – the slave one – the slave one, the slave one, looked like the most uncomfortable ride in the universe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just recall in Attack of the Clones that leaning back for takeoff, like it just looked so uncomfortable. But these guys were just chilling out. They could have cracked open a cold one, going on a mission. <laughs> it, it was gorgeous. It's it, someone had it's it's as almost if Lando got a hold and kind of decked out the the slave one, and it's looking sharp and clean and new. Pa- Mando had a new paint job. That flat paint on his armor looked so good. Oh yeah, sharp. So good. That's what I'm getting a tattoo of. I thought you already had a tattoo of that. It's not going to be, it's not going to be, it's going to be a fresh armor. It's not going to be, it's not going to be, yeah, I already got the tattoo with all the chipped uh, armor now. I I don't think he has the blaster, uh, does he? The blaster, it's all been repaired, which is, that's big. That's big for Boba Fett. That's like almost, now I'm, here we go. We can't, we can't start in all this discussion about Boba Fett's mental state because I'll go for another hour. It's almost like a progression of He wouldn't have gone to the armor to get it fixed, so who fixed it for him? I don't, that's what I'm saying. I feel like when we talked about, like Luke said, hey, like he's going to go off and, and try to to find out really who he is, and he's not really deserving of that armor anymore. It's almost like he's got it back now. It's like it's time to make it whole again because I'm, I'm a new person. Yeah. You know, know what? You know what else it's I liked deep. about this episode? I kind of liked how um, Fennec Shand and Cara Dune were just like letting them do <laughs> – yeah. their thing yeah. but at the same time they were kind of like we'll come in for backup if they yeah need we'll us. cover you guys don't worry because we know you're gonna mess it up yeah and <laughs> and they were just like it felt like they were the adults supervising the children yeah. on some like mission and then yeah. i loved when this this scene has come up a lot in the chat right now when mayfield fires the shot that blows up the base mm-hmm. and um also when boba drops the yeah the bomb um they're just they just kind of like look at each other and there's like very few words spoken between Cara Dune and Fennec Shand in this episode, and they don't have to say anything because yeah. they're both like, hmm, "That was cool." Yeah, I just I'm not going to give them too much credit. Right? I love yeah. that like nonchalance that they have. It's just like oh, I cool. do too. And I'll tell you another thing, guys. Uh, another big there's a couple couple big moments that we need to talk about. But one when they are making the breakout, I was after they caused that havoc. I was like it. It would feel okay if Mayfield didn't make it out, you know, like I've, I finally confronted this fear that I've had for so long. It felt right. And almost that, that sacrifice that we may have gotten there. Yeah. Kind of just like I'm, (laughs) I've lost all myself. The, The empire stripped me of everything. It took everything I ever knew. It took my friends and I haven't had an identity here, but now I'm actually, I'm actually taking, I mean, he was doing side jobs. He was doing criminal, like 
you know, kind of almost like Han, I found something bigger to, to be a part of and, and, and going out like that, I think would have been very fitting. I'm glad he survived because I think he's a really cool character and it was nice to see that growth. And sometimes that growth happens so quickly and then we lose someone and you're like, ah, the potential. And it's cool that his story is unwritten now. And who knows what, how are you getting off there? I, first of all, you got no comms, you got no ride. Where are you going, Mayfield? I thought you'd say, Hey, can you give me a lift? Like at the end, like, I will, you're going to leave me here. Can I get a, like, I thought there'd be a nice joke. No, he's just off. So I don't know how he's going to get back. Well, I don't think he would have taken a ride with them because I don't think that he wanted Cara Dude and change her mind. True. You're right. Yeah. So like, like the she's longer hardcore. I'm, yeah. He was willing though, but you're right. Like I need to leave now. Don't change your mind because I'm gone. Yeah. I, th- I just, I kind of thought that could be, a, I was ready for that. It was like, I was having the same moment that I had with Finn in The Last Jedi when he was ready to sacrifice himself to save um, the Resistance. Well, it's kind of like... Great. These guys, especially Mayfield, from what we know, like our introduction to him, he was not a good person. Yeah. Bad guy. Yeah. Was in the Empire, fought on Jakku. Is that where he... Who was it? Wait, Maybe not. Mayfield. Oh yeah, I don't. I didn't catch but, where he said he was. He was the, the whole engagement. I don't remember. Yeah, and you know, and yeah, he lost people, but he like still enlisted and fought for them, mm-hmm. and that was after the Death Star. So like that wasn't a secret that the Empire blew up Alderaan, and so he did bad things. And so I feel like if he had died, it would yeah. have been a good redemption. Hey, I did some bad things for the Empire. So I'm going to take this base out and sacrifice myself for what I believe right now to be the greater good. And I feel like my job here is done. Oh, even bad people are worth saving. (laughs) Yeah. Even Darth Vader done terrible things. That's always, that's always going to be other than Palpatine, other than old Sheev himself. Everyone's worth saving guys. If you're enjoying what you're, you're hearing, smash that like button. I don't think I've ever said smash that like (laughs) button ever in my freaking life. I, I vow to never become that person. You just said it. But press in that the like, middle. In the middle. Press of the that podcast. like button. I, I, if you guys are liking it, let us know. I, I, I just smash that like button. I'm gonna get something on a soundboard that just says that. Um, but one one other thing. Big moment. Big moment. Not really. Not many stakes with this moment. But Luke, I don't know if you caught a subtle reference. Oh my god. To an early 2000s classic. In this episode. He might be muted. He might be frozen. We may have lost. I may have stumped Lucas Elder. Luke? Luke? Can you hear us, Luke? The last thing I heard was big moment. (laughs) The (laughs) The suspense is killing Luke. (laughs) Did you catch the big moment? Of a uh, where there was a early 2000s film reference in that dining hall. Early dining hall, early 2000s film reference may have you know, you know, this film may have taken place predominantly in an office space. I don't know if I just gave away the title. TPS TPS reports are in Star Wars. It's canon. Change my mind. Change my mind. TPS, I, I, we got to do some TPS reports. I mean, let's let's go. Put it on Wikipedia right now. Sorry, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. I said Wikipedia. <laughs> both. Do that, do that too. Put it on both. Do that too. 
I don't know. Did you catch that, Luke, when you, when it happened? I did. I, it kind of it slipped my mind in the past several hours, and it wasn't one of the things I like wrote down. But I definitely caught it the first time around. It was a little surprise that <laughs> that got slipped in there. But I think they let. I bet they let Bill Burr kind of riff on some of his. That's lines what I was bit, thinking. Uh, given his you know comedic background, stand up background, and it makes sense that he, he probably did thirty takes, and they just like. That one worked. Kick out of that, I bet he just threw it in ad lib, and it wasn't in the script. But I'll say, um, you know, you talked about, you know, we've had some talk about Famuyiwa, and I hope he, uh, I hope he sticks around in the in yeah, Star Wars universe. When you look at, you know, all the writing credits and directors for the first two seasons, the vast majority of episodes are written by Favreau. Filoni's written too. Mm-hmm. The only person not named Favreau are Filoni that has writing credits. He wrote this episode too. Yep. And he wrote chapter six last year is, is Femi Iwa. He's the only other. Yeah. Um, there's another guy who has credit for this, for the Femi Iwa episode last year as, mm-hmm. a, as another writer, but he's the sole writer on, on this episode. Uh, so he, like I said, he's the only one outside of Favreau and Filoni getting um, that opportunity. Yeah to not only direct, but to write. And with, uh, with the big announcement, you know, that there's, um, Rangers of the new Republic in Ahsoka, Absolutely. which both take place in the same time period and are, uh, produced by Favreau and Filoni as well. I hope they're able to keep, keep him and you in the mix because he took, like I said, a, a premise for an episode that I wasn't very excited about, uh, and made, you know, executed it well made it compelling made it meaningful and it's one i really enjoyed i've watched it like i said twice already i i want to go watch it again it it was really solid yeah i i hope they keep him around that's a that's a huge thing too like you said luke favreau has written almost all this feloni's written a little bit and yeah they're they're producing this together um but to allow someone to come in and take a few episodes i mean it's it's a risk but like you also have folks that are just like, if Filoni and Favreau are not writing the rest of Star Wars forever, I'm not watching. Bye. Bye. See ya. There are other really great writers There's out there. Give them a so chance. so many writers. And it's so great that they are giving him this chance. And for me, it's knocking it out of the park. I think that he would do really well in the um, Rangers series. I agree. Because I could see every Cassian. I could see him doing amazing in everything. I know. He has that. It's that like fast, action packed, keep it interesting, mm-hmm. keep you on your toes. But look at the development. Like Luke said, I wasn't really crazy about <laughs> Bill Burr coming back. And, and I get it. There's a lot of reasons why. Doesn't seem to fit. Kind of comedic. Like, but it worked. It worked. It worked in the middle, at the end of a season, right before the freaking finale. Yeah. It worked. So what's going to happen next? Are they, is he, <sighs> is Din going to find Moff Gideon We're right going now? to kick some ass. That's what we're doing. Right now. That's what we're doing. We're going to kick some ass. Thank you. We're going to take some names and then we're going to kick it. Okay? I wish I had a really awesome, like, like, soundtrack, like, like Lord of the Rings, like, duh, uh, duh, I was gonna say, duh, duh, duh. Michael's like turning into Duke Nukem right now. Who's that? Oh, he's in a video game. He says, It's time to kick ass and chew bubblegum, <laughs> but we're all out of bubblegum. I, I don't know. I thought you were gonna say it's time to party, Garth, but whatever. <laughs> it's cool. 
Or was it the other guy? I don't remember Wayne. My, my 90s references. Party on Wayne. Party, Party on, on Garth. Like, yes, nailed it. Um, that's one thing I am very surprised has never made its way into the podcast is the schwing. Because uh, we have phrasing. Yeah, but we used to say the schwing thing a lot. You're forgetting all conversations <laughs> of the past. That's fine. It's cool. <laughs> Holly's embarrassed now. She's like, I'm not a child. I don't speak like I'm some teenage boy. <laughs> Sometimes yes, I do. Yes, you do. You watch Archer. You watch these disgusting, raunchy things. And then she <laughs> makes me feel bad about making jokes. And then you use them on the podcast. And then I say, hey, remember the one time that you're like, let's watch a show, Arthur. I'm like, cool, what is it? And you're like, let's watch it. And I watched it five minutes into it. I said, you watch this? I could not believe it. She makes me feel so bad for some of the jokes that I say. Michael's and then like, I'm watching this <laughs> trash. I love it, but it's trash. Go ahead, Holly. Sorry. He's like, you're a feminist and you watch Archer and listen to Eminem? I, could, I just could. Anyway. I can like both, Michael. You can't. You can't. Guys, I, I, I don't know. Where, 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 are we, where are we? Luke, where are we going? If Moff Gideon can just jump to light speed and we, we have his court, like, what's going to I have no idea what's happening. And that's what's also kind of great about having this episode here, that there's no Grogu, there's no anything else going on. We're still just like, what the hell is going to happen in this season finale? We, we still have no idea. What do you think? Yeah, we're going to get uh, some kind of showdown with, with Gideon and, and Din and his crew. Uh, I, think, I think it's going to be a longer one. It's, it feels like there's a lot that needs to happen in this final episode. Mm-hmm. When you think about season one, chapter seven and, and chapter eight, were almost like both the finale because they were very closely connected. Yep. It was almost like one long episode. Uh, and so, you know, this didn't feel like the finale at all. It felt very disconnected from whatever chapter eight or chapter 16 of, of this season is going to be. Yeah. So I, I think we're going to get a long one. Like the first episode of this season, uh, <laughs> the first episode of the season, I think was closer to an hour. And I think by far the longest episode of the season so far, I think they're going to bookend it with another longer episode mm-hmm. of similar length. Yeah. Uh, because most of the ones in the, you know, middle have been, you know, 40 minutes and under closer to 30 sometimes. So I think we're going to get a big one. Uh, we're going to get, uh, I want to say Bo-Katan is going to come back into the fold. She seems like mm-hmm. she is going to continue to be part of the story. Like you're right that Ahsoka, her show's announced. This was just the launcher spinoff. Okay, there she goes. But like Bo, Katan, Darksaber, Mandalore, all that stuff is so tightly wound in with this story that I think she's going to stick around. So I, I wouldn't be shocked to see her come back. Yep. And then uh, we're going to get, I think, some clue hint about what Grogu did on the Seeing Stone yeah. in the prior episode. We might not get... Yeah. A concrete answer, but we're going to get something that's going to tease and torment us for the yeah. next year or however long. I don't know if their production schedule is going to get thrown off by COVID or if we're going to get season three around the same time next year. But I think they're going to leave us with something that's not quite concrete, but at least a little more of a, a breadcrumb trail along, you know, what exactly happened there on uh, on Tython with Grogu. Absolutely. Holly, what's going to happen next week? Is it possible that this season could end in darkness? Yeah. Much like the saga films have. I think so. Midway through, could everything be left in darkness? Maybe we don't even get Grogu. An episode? <laughs> no. They literally leave us in darkness. They're like, sorry, guys. No episode. What's that Simon and Garfunkel song? Sing it. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I want you. To, I'll put, you want to put some music to it? You, no. Oh. 
Um, there it is. <laughs> um, I am actually thinking maybe we don't even get the child back. Yeah, feels like it. I mean, this could go on. I it. It would be surprising and actually a little bit disappointing to me that we're getting a season three, but it takes Din one episode to get the child back yeah. from Moff Gideon. Yeah. So I think it's going to have easy. to, yeah, it's going to have to be some bigger struggle, but yeah. we've been super spoiled with yeah. knowing that this show is going to come back. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the end of season one, like, yeah, we had to wait, but it wasn't that big of a wasn't deal because long. we knew that it was going to come out again. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, like Luke said, there are a lot of questions right now about when the next season could possibly be aired. Have they even yeah. started filming it yet because of COVID? Who knows? Is this it? Oh, no. We ha- we know we have a They're a, filming a other season. things. Exactly. But then it's like... I don't want the quality to be compromised mm-hmm. by them trying to make sacrifices to stay safe right. during COVID. Yeah. And that's not me saying, like, just film it. Yeah, that's no, you're me. a reasonable I, human. I get yes, it. Yes, I, I would rather wait a little bit longer and have season three have the same quality that this season has had. Yeah. Um, instead of them trying to, like, get around... Yeah. things to still film it. Holly, I really appreciate that you are someone who thinks and cares about other people. That's a fantastic quality in you. Thank and I you. love it. It, 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 it. It's a complete <laughs> uh, difference from what we heard uh, on NPR today uh, from some lady uh, saying that uh, she you know, didn't need to wear a mask because uh, her faith was going to protect her. And you know what? Guys, I'm sorry. That's fantastic. Please keep your faith, and I'm 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 pumped for you. But like that faith doesn't protect other people. Michael says, keep Wear your faith away from me. Wear a mask. I have no problem with people's faith. I'm sorry. That shit is not going to protect other people. Wear a mask. I had to just say it because Holly's bringing up a great point. Thinking about other people. Stop being selfish people. That's all we want. Anyway, everyone. Would you like safe. to hear my thoughts on where I think we're going? I love what yes. you guys are saying. I love what you guys are saying. I'm going to put a little bit together. Okay. I think we are going to be left in darkness. I do not think that we're getting Grogu back. Like you said, Holly. Ever? Way too fucking easy. You can't get him back in 30 minutes. Not against Moth. We've made Moth Gideon be some hard ass, some maniacal, twisted villain who has a dark saber and freaking dark troopers getting him back with a few old, you know, felons. That ain't happening. I don't (laughs) care how menacing your hologram is, Mando. We're not getting him back until next season. And I love what Luke's saying. I think Bo-Katan is coming back. It makes the most sense. Ahsoka, like we said, out of here. Not coming back. She's got her own thing. Never going to see her again in the Mandalorian. Really sorry. It was fun. That's fine. She's gone for a while. We had all talked about Sabine, and I think the release of the Ahsoka news, also Sabine, not coming in. She's going she's gonna, to she's gonna be in the Ahsoka show. What's wrong? I, which I'm kind of, seasons away. <laughs> seasons away, Holly. And, but that's good, though. I think I was pumped for these announcements for so many reasons, but I think it's also now we're, we're starting to scale down our expectations. Okay, Bo-Katan makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. That's awesome. I'm down for that. And let's also spend some more time on some of these characters we already had before. It was cool having the introductions, live action, Ahsoka, great. Sabine would be, I mean, we're going to see Sabine at some point. It was just too perfect in live action. 
man, I can't wait to see her sick armor and the spray paint. I want to see her tagging things like in real life. That'd be sick. I'm da- Maybe she tags a seeing stone. I don't know. That would have been kind of cool <laughs> if she showed up. She's like expecting a Jedi and she tags the rock. It says bitch. I think it would, be a lo- cool. it would just be a loth cat. <laughs> She'd just tag it with a loth cat. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. Sabine out. But Mike you know drop, what? But with a spray paint can. You, you know. You know what else I think would be cool? And this is my. This is my big. This is some big speculation. I think there's failure. They failed. We don't get Grogu back, and then you see this. This character, this human. Maybe, maybe he has a robe on. I'm not sure. And he just turns to his little mechanical friend. He says, "Well, what do you think, BD?" It's Cal Kestis. And Cal mother trucking Kestis shows up to save the freaking day next season. I don't know, but I'm down. I would love a tease like that. I want BD1 in live action. He's one of my favorites now. I think it'd be cool. He hops up on his shoulder. He says, what do you think, BD? Should we help him out? And then it ends in darkness. Crazy? Maybe. Far-fetched? No. We've seen Stranger Things. We have, yes. Seen this, seen the show, yeah. seen both seasons. No. Really enjoyed it. But we have seen Stranger <laughs> Things. You're right, Ollie. We've seen sc- crazier things than Star Wars. I, I don't know. But I think, I mean, the Darksaber, who the hell, Luke, who the hell would have thought the Darksaber was coming in this show? I didn't. So how is it? It's not that crazy. It's not that crazy. Thrawn would maybe be a little too much. <laughs> we need Thrawn. Thrawn either the, the seasons away. I don't want it right now. You, okay, wait, hold on. When you yeah. say seasons away, so Sabine and Ahsoka, you said throw them away, different, give them to Ahsoka. Different show. But Thrawn, you think Thrawn possibly could actually make an appearance in The Mandalorian. I don't know. Well, the word on the street is that this Favreau Filoni verse that's becoming Ahsoka, Mando, uh, Rangers, mm-hmm. all being shows helmed by them. There's something down the line that will bring all the shows together, uh, whether that be like a movie sort of featuring characters from all the shows or like a miniseries culminating all the shows. But that's the word on the street that the ultimate um, thing to do with this set of shows and characters and, and these producers that they'll kind of bring it all together. So I, it's like Marvel. Yeah. It's like the Avengers. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely, especially after that presentation, that's what it feels like. It's I all going to tap in. Oh, well, it's okay, Holly. You're not a true Star Wars fan. Casual fan here. Am I gatekeeping? I'm really sorry. Ugh, sorry. Crap. I'll leave that to the rest of the internet. Kick me off the podcast. I just, I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. Let me let me give you a five-second rant here. I've seen a lot of shit on the internet lately, and it's pissing me off. Tell them. It's pissing me off. Lucasfilm list their slate of stuff, and I see some dumbass comment and say, as long as you keep Kathleen Kennedy far, far away from these projects, they're going to be great. And I was like, listen, dumbass. Every single goddamn project that's been released (laughs) since 2014 has been a Kathleen Kennedy production. Go back to your goddamn basement where you belong. Stop hating on someone you don't know and you actually are enjoying things that they are executive producing. Also, I think what they were saying, the comment that I saw on Twitter was, don't let Kathleen Kennedy sink her claws into any more Star Wars. What does that mean? (laughs) 
if you just want to hate on women some more, bury yourself. <laughs> I'm so sick of this shit. You know nothing about her. There's no secret agenda. They're just actually trying to get your children to grow up to be decent human beings, to have empathy and compassion for people. Shut the f*** up. I'm sorry. I cannot stand this shit. You take something that's encouraging and good for the youths and for people that are actually enjoying what's happening. If you don't enjoy it, just shut the hell up and go watch Lord of the Rings or something. I don't give a shit. But do not bring that shit hey, don't and your gatekeeping <laughs> into Star Wars. Don't I'm send so them sick to the it. Lord of the Rings fandom. We don't want those people here. I just am so sick of that shit. I can't not I take it anymore. Anyway. Boy, I guys, that got it really explicit, but hey, we're past an hour, so I think at that point, YouTube's like, wow, we, we don't give a shit what you say. Flying casual after dark. After an hour. Literally um, after hour. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Holly, you, you, any thoughts? Oh, I have a lot of thoughts, and yeah. we'll I think you just, time. yeah, you just summed it up. I could talk about that issue all day. It's, I yeah. don't know. I, I, I don't understand how... People have the energy <laughs> to bitch about such trivial things yeah. well, in our lives. <laughs> I will say this. Those people yeah. haven't been bitching for the last 24 hours because they were like, Ugh, Disney is ruining Star Wars. Kelsey Kennedy's ruining Star Wars. Those are the same people yeah. who are like, oh, my God, I'm so excited for Ahsoka. I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited for everything that's coming out. Everything is awesome. Bro, yeah. a month ago, you were like, yeah. Kelsey Kennedy needs to get fired. Well, and do not forget the biggest thing of all. Tell us. Do you know who appointed Kathleen Kennedy the president of f***ing Lucasfilm? It was the maker himself. How does that not end the argument? He said it's best suited in her hands. Those are his words. No one else. Not Dave Filoni. Not anyone else. Not Bob Iger. No one else. In her hands to make decisions. I'm sorry. She's not going. That's the end of the story. If you're not enjoying it, don't f***ing watch but it. But here's the thing. Or if you don't like it, just keep your mouth shut. Or if you want to off, offer criticisms in a very respectable way, do that. My watch is like, breathe, Michael. I actually just hit my goddamn stand goal. Ooh, Let's so go. It's because your arms are Let's go. Hard. Look, yeah. I, if you ask yeah. anybody who hates Kathleen Kennedy yeah. – what specifically she did to Star Wars yeah, herself no that, she, that they don't like, they cannot answer the question. Yes. They do not know why they don't like her. They just don't like her. Well, yes. I have, I can guess why they don't like her. Well, Keep yeah. women out of Star Wars. We don't need any more Mary Sue's. Keep them Sues. out of politics. Keep them out of Star Wars. Keep them just, just out. Holly, your place is in the home and to be silent. That's right. Okay. Perfect. I'm glad Great. we have that understanding. Figure that out. Um, it is. I don't, I don't, I, this isn't political, guys. <laughs> this is just, this is not politics. Star Wars, yes, it has, you know, political stories, but this is not a political discussion. It just isn't. If you want to be shitty, don't listen to our podcast. I, if we will gladly see you out. Want to be shitty, maybe keep it out of the, the Star Wars threads. Or for, just like, don't. Just keep it to yourself. That's fine. Yeah, it's um, fine. It is. Well, that felt good. Uh, I'm glad I hit my stand goal. Uh, if you could hit that move goal too, watch. That'd be fantastic. But don't I think I'm going to hit that one. I want that little green ring to fill all the way up. Phrasing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, guys, I, I want to know. Like, I want the group. Uh, the group's been quiet on this episode. 
So I want to see kind of what people genuinely thought about it. It was one of my favorites. I think I'm down for it. Give me, give me more Rick uh, Famu Iwa. Give me more of him in Star Wars. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that they trust him. Give, give him his own show to write. I'd, I'd be down. And maybe he already has gotten that, and we just don't know yet. Can Lots you imagine to come. If that Crazy. gets announced, I will scream. Absolutely down. Absolutely down. Uh, guys, this was, I think, uh, besides the five-minute rant there, it just happened. I just get upset. Uh, one of my favorite conversations I think we've ever had. I thought this was a fantastic story, a fantastic discussion. You guys have been great in the chat. Uh, smash that like button if you enjoyed what you heard. Uh, but seriously, though, if you are enjoying it, if you haven't subscribed, do so. If you haven't liked the video, go ahead and do that. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, let us know that you're enjoying Flying Casual. Let us know by doing that, by giving us a five-star rating and a review, Holly. Reviews are fun. Look, if you oh, leave a review yeah. on Apple Podcasts, yeah. I check that and I yeah. will read it and I will give you a shout out. Unless We're you not, just say there's too much episode two hate here, then I'm not going to read it. I'll read that. I that might have been Luke's it, review. But... I'm not really sure. We're, we're still we're still not certain. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, we love interacting with you guys. It's the staple uh, of this podcast. It's the staple of our Facebook group. It's the staple of our Patreon. And speaking of which, Holly, our book club is tomorrow filming. So those of you uh, I, I've posted in the Patreon, uh, if you haven't responded, letting us know you'll be there, do so immediately i'm going to try to set things up early um and lately skype has not been uh friendly to the downloading their uh their mp4 mm. um into uh, uh my editing software so gonna do things a little differently hopefully but uh uh so let us know if you're gonna make it we were talking about lost stars if you haven't read it probably shouldn't attend book club but uh guys i appreciate you being here I appreciate you being willing to join us, even though we've released, you know, four episodes this week. It's been a hell of a week, a very busy week, and it's not over yet. So I appreciate you guys sticking around. Thanks for listening. Thanks for taking care of each other. I love you, fam. Keep doing it right. Keep doing it sweaty and stay safe, stay sweaty, and may the force be with you. We'll see you guys.